0: Kiss Army, Tom and Zeus, with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 18, aptly titled Backstage Pass. Hmm, what could this one be about, huh? Um, Tom, how you doing over there? What's up, Zeus? How is everything? Uh, what's up, Kiss Army? Welcome
1: to another fun-filled evening with us or day or morning or whatever you choose to listen
0: to this. (laughs) (laughs) You open yourself up when you said that. I know. I know. know. Uh, Not much here. We have a continued, uh, continuous playoffs. Um, the uh, Bruins won their series. So they're going on to round three. So I got to get ready. I'm doing more stretching. I got to get ready for my third round. My knees kind of hurting and (laughs) I took that shot off the back the other day but I think I'll be all set for the game um yeah, yeah this would be, uh, this would be won- a good ep-
1: Go ahead. I was gonna say this this would be a good episode for us to show the video so they, they everybody can see that you look like a terrorist right now with your hockey
0: beard um yeah so I first time ever uh, I decided to be one of those guys hey I'm gonna grow a playoff beard um this is the longest I've ever grown a beard, and it fucking sucks. It's annoying. But I can't shave it now. My mom literally says to me, you you look like a terrorist. (laughs) So my my Greek mom tells me I look like a terrorist. Um, It's itchy as hell, but... That that shit makes you itch. (laughs) I I love it. Put mustard on it. Um, But doing it for the team. Gotta win for the team. (laughs) What was that? You're a beard grower. Yeah that's, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And once
1: again, we're recording on a Wednesday because we have to shuffle our recording schedule around the Bruins, which is fine
0: because we love the Bruins. Because I will be there. And if you want to look for me, I'm there right at the door. Third third row from the bench right next to the Bruins entrance will be the gruffly guy that wears his Kiss Army shirt underneath. Yes. That lucky shirt has been helping us through these playoffs. I always say if one of the days that they do lose and I do wear it, it's because something else is wrong. It's not the kiss shirt. Yeah. Like me coming to the game. Thank <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you. That was the bad luck. Yeah. Yep. Uh, other than that, we had, Oh my, my daughter, she um fun, fun fact. So my daughter, we had the uh, national chair. Remember I was telling you about it's in glorious, Providence, Rhode Island, down <laughs> 45 minutes from me in Boston. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they won. They won the national championship there for her age group. I saw she that. Was super excited. And I was like, Johnny Cheer Mom, jump up. Yeah! And uh, super pumped for her. I'm happy. Um, and, and, uh, and I all, never get to hear the end of it. No, that's great.
1: And then all the other cheer parents were like, Natalia, who's the terrorist cheering <laughs> for you with that beard over
2: there?
0: Who's that loser? That while he was sitting there waiting, was reading a Paul Stanley kiss book, (laughs) taking notes. That's the worst part. So I'm at the chair thing. You know, my daughter's doing her thing with her friends. Her mom is there. She's doing her thing. I'm in the back while while after they perform, you have to wait hours until everybody performs in that age group. And then they give out the awards. I'm in the back with my kiss book. Oh. Taking down notes and reading the person next to me is like, it's probably bad enough that you're reading a Paul Stanley kiss book, but this jackass is taking notes down as though his life depends on it. Notes on this <laughs> book. Oh.
1: Oh, we'll we'll get into that. That's
0: what folks I've got eight pages of notes on this. So yeah, that's that, that sound you heard is everybody being like click. <laughs> yeah, I'm all set. Yeah. Um, so that's what was going on with me. How about you? How any anything uh, good over there? Family life in New Hampshire? Uh well just actually at
1: the time of this recording just came back from a glorious track meet up in southern nice. New Han- up in southern New Hampshire. How was oh, that? Good. Well, weather's weather was perfect. It was finally nice to be outside for a while. Yeah. Um and now I'm just uh, drinking some of my Woodstock in brewery beer
0: is that shit just drink a Bud uh, Light would you? I, do have you I do have some what I do have some I do have that you? I like you to still like getting that light and shit like that now you're like oh, I'll have a Harper's Ferry uh, <laughs> summer well, moon ale well because <laughs> make sure it's a little pale and uh, please with a slice of hey. uh, avocado on the side <laughs> hey I'm, I'm drinking my Woodstock Inn brewery pig's ear brown ale Dude, where I, do I go? Where have I ordered any other beer other than I'll have a Bud Light, Coors Light, or a Mill Light? You know why like, I'm drinking this? I need, this I, I need alcohol to get through this episode.
1: I need alcohol to get through this episode.
0: <laughs> so so now, if people didn't fucking delete this uh, podcast, they're going to do it now. No. Uh, this, is gonna, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So, what's going on in Kiss
1: World? Um, The only quote unquote well it's not major, but so kiss is obviously on their break before their European tour starts at the end of this month may, so they were at right. the, they 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 were at the domination festival in Mexico on May third, and the part of the show where Paul gets on his little apparatus to fly out onto the platform uh there was a apparently a little malfunction um but it's weird because it's it it shows he climbs onto the apparatus, okay, but then he turns around and like tells like talks to the roadie or the technician or something, and then he gets off of it. Yeah, and he's like, Fuck that. Right, but but the weird thing is that Good for Paul. But the weird thing is that the the, the contraption ends up like
0: still flying out to this to the platform. Yeah, and as soon as he went on it he would fall and land on 50 people and break his back so uh, I don't probably know wasn't strong enough I'm well, I, see that's the thing i'm a, I'm a huge conspiracy theory conspiracy
1: theory guy so I'm, I'm like did Paul get like like a little stage fright or something happened?
0: No Why would he get stage front of that I think what he thought was like this fucking looks shady I am not going over this and falling down And breaking my head in front of everybody but, but how could it look shady He does it for every show I mean it's the same setup Yeah but maybe it was like you know what It wasn't really steady before And you know the other bands or somebody else was performing And now I'm not going on this I, I've i got a weird premonition I don't want to get injured I'm not going on it Who cares? Yeah I gotta do my book tour I can't get hurt <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God. I'm a yeah, so, this shit.
1: Uh that's all I got on my end. No, no big news. You, you got something on your end, don't you? Yeah,
0: I saw something that Ace had put on Facebook about some guy that's selling merchandise, autograph, supposed merchandise, and Ace is like, "Don't listen to him. It's not. Uh, it's not uh, um, authorized for my official Ace place or whatever." And then the guy's, like, going back and forth with other people on Facebook saying, I am authorized, uh, this is real, this is stuff, I've been doing this for years. And then you have other people writing back, this this guy's a con artist, he's been, um, you know, doing this for years and ripping off. And then other people are like, no, I've been buying it for years, it's authentic. You know, I don't know, I don't get involved in that stuff, I just saw it, I found it interesting. I don't know if the guy's legit or not. Um, there were some people questioning it, and it just seemed... Strange that Ace's crew was the one that kind of pointed out don't buy from him,
1: yeah. But um, yeah, but w- w- what did fake Peter Chris think of this though?
0: <laughs> Chris is trying to track down the guy from the Donahue show, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor Ace, hey, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He, he guy, I uh, said, I signed this. I, <laughs> uh, fuck, I know. <laughs> um, so uh, the other thing was. Shit bag Stuart again, stirring shit up. Yeah. So
1: me and you saw th- – we actually saw this a- about a month ago, but it never really went – like it never really hit the quote-unquote mainstream on social media or the internet. So we, didn- we never really made a big deal out of it. But last uh, – not last night. I think it was uh, Monday maybe. Um, so loudwire.com, which if you're a hard rock, heavy metal fan, Loudwire is a, 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 a good go-to site for news and information about hard rock, heavy metal, new classic, whatever. So it started making the rounds on social media, Twitter, Facebook. So we, we tweet, retweeted it and we commented it on, on Twitter very pointedly about our opinions. So the short part of the story is that apparently – a guy bought tickets to see Kiss, and prior to the show, <clears throat> he claims that he saw videos on YouTube of Kiss performing, and saw that they were lip-syncing. And he asked for a refund, and claims that Ticketmaster gave him a refund because he claims that it was lip-syncing.
0: Now, yeah, that it wasn't a live performance. In that's fraud, and he wants my, his money back. Right. So. Of course.
1: So he calls in to Stewart's show. And uh, actually, you know, what? I take that back. I don't even know what this guy called in. I think Eddie. I, yeah, Eddie. We all know who Stewart is. So this was his statement. Quote, I know. Stewart
2: a,
0: from Beavis and
2: Butthead.
1: Yeah. yeah. Quote, I know a guy who spent a grand on four kiss tickets in Boston. The show we were at, ironically, had never seen the band before. Saw this stuff on YouTube that he wasn't going to get a full live performance. Went to Ticketmaster and said, I paid for live. This isn't fully live. I want a refund. 24 hours later, Ticketmaster issued the refund. Now, let me tell you right now, I can speak from experience. I have bought tickets from Ticketmaster, and I have requested a refund. You don't talk to anybody. You can do it electronically online. If you do talk to a customer service person, they don't ask why. They don't care. All they do is look at your purchase and check to see if it's refund eligible. Some shows and the, the time frame between the date of purchase, will they'll issue you a refund. There is absolutely no fucking way that this guy called Ticketmaster and said, I paid for live. This isn't live. And Ticketmaster was like, we agree. Here's your refund. This or guy, let's bro-
0: do an investigation and yeah. we found out through our sources that that's not live and therefore your money's shut the fuck up. Exactly. And I'll tell you right
1: now, this 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 pissed me off so bad because this is blatant this is
0: bullshit news coming from one of the biggest voices in rock. You know what it is? It's like someone's going up all the shit going on about political and this guy needs to be arrested and this guy yep. does this. And it's like You know, of all the accusations against President Trump, there's an accusation that he was driving 70 in a 65-mile Well, he's a lawbreaker. He broke the law. He broke – like, no one gives a fuck, buddy. Like, this is is not anything of importance. So of all the things going on in music, you mean to tell me he needs to bring up that perhaps Kiss, you know, uh, has backing tracks. So are they going to go and talk about every fucking major artist that performs live today has this? But no, it's only an issue because it's Kiss. No, it's only an issue because Stewart makes it an issue because he brings it up to Kiss and it gets put on these websites for clickbait. But that,
1: but you're right. But the dangerous thing here, and it, 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 it it's to me, I know I'm being a little hyperbolic using the term dangerous. But when you're talking about of a a a respected voice in rock that is perpetrate yourself. Well, you know what I mean, but, it, but is perpetrating a story. He's purposely trying to hurt them. That, that, the, that the largest ticket agency in the country is issuing refunds because of Kiss's lip
0: syncing. Uh, Somebody has got to call him out. That's bullshit. That's yeah. bullshit. So it's like buying a shirt at target. You can bring it back for no cause. You can bring it back saying, yeah, the color is not the same color I really want. You can bring it back and says, someone put a booger on it. It doesn't fucking matter. They're going to take your money and go, here you go. Exactly. I mean, give me, take the product back and here you go. Exactly. So the fact that he's bringing this up, that's my point. So yep. he's making the refund, which could have been for anything, into like, oh, they're refunding it because uh, because they're not performing live. Like I said, you're, you're taking something and you're calling somebody a lawbreaker because they did something that everybody fucking does in this world and it's not a fucking issue. No one deals it. No one makes it a fucking thing but no because it's Kiss and it's that fucking baby ass fucking crybaby sack of shit with this fucking Stuart Winger shirt on Thinks that he's like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah, I talked to so-and-so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I ate his ass last week. Who gives a fuck what you did? And it's him, and it gets put out there. Fuck him. Yeah. Literally, and, and fuck him. Now,
1: <clears throat> I don't doubt that the guy watched something on YouTube and was like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't feel like seeing them live. I'm going to get a refund. And he and he got a refund.
0: Uh, Like I said, he's a fucking dickhead, and he has to call and tell people, yeah, I got a refund. I bought this, and it's not live. Okay, then. (laughs) Oh, that's that's why it set me off, because I'm like, McDonald's is supposed to put four pieces of napkin in my fucking to-go bag. They only put three. I went in and filed a consumer complaint. Like, shut the fuck up. It would be
1: better if he just stuck to bitching about frigging airfare and airline delays, because he does (laughs) a better job with that on his fucking Twitter page.
0: All right, go fucking eat ass. I, I just hung out with the fucking fourth fucking bassist from the from the defunct Warrant band, and I had an interview with him, and he's in a new band created with fucking Crocus's fucking 15th keyboard player, and I know these guys. Oh, yeah, fucking, yeah. can I be you? I'm going to drop something because you fucking told me that. Oh,
1: yeah, and you know what? They're all live.
0: They perform live. Oh, my God. Crocus performs (laughs) live. Yeah. Fucking Brother Mike's basement at Stonehill College, they do. Yeah,
1: yeah, great, great, great. You get the original drummer from Lizzie Borden performing in studio.
0: Good for you. We're going (laughs) to piss off some people. (laughs) Fuck, we don't know these fucking bands. We're just tooling on the fact that this asshole loves to stir shit up. Yep. And then the other part was, You know what they do? They take some of the parts out of Paul's new book and they put in the media. And then he added, Oh, do you believe this guy? Oh, the most sensitive man. Oh, dude, talk about sensitive. Talk about fucking. You can't let shit go that your idols think you're a loser. Yeah. Yeah. More idols. The ones that, if you look back at all those fucking YouTube clips of your show, were used to friggin' get on your knees and want to lick their ball sweat. Yep. They think you're a tool and they don't like you. So you look like the ass, not them. Yeah. All you talk about is them. Oh, what would they do to ace? You know, Oh, they're doing it for the money. Oh, it's a fake cover being go. Fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Stewart. Fucking before I send Beavis and butter there to kick your ass again. Fucking bozo. And that wraps up Stewart segment next week on our show. Stuart is coming on to talk to us, right? Oh, I would love that. Oh, I would love Fuck that. Him. I would love that. Fucking. All right. So. Eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, where are we? All right. Enough about that fucking tool. Anyways, <laughs> this week's episode, we are going to talk about Paul's new book, Backstage Pass. So, we both got it last Tuesday when it came out. Yep. Right? Gave yep. ourselves a week to finish reading it. First things first, uh, Tom, I'd like to say it was a
1: pretty easy read. Well, b- before we get into it, let's just do, do like a spoiler alert. I know people are going to see the episode title when they download this and listen to it. But if you have not read this book yet, <clears throat> wait until you have before you listen to us because we are going to pick this apart. We're going to talk about all of it. So just a little bit of a spoiler warning here. So
0: yeah absolutely um we're gonna go through this in in minutiae yeah um so you know what we don't want you to do is to kind of like oh i didn't know that oh now i'm not gonna read the book do it on your own listen to us come back and, and pick up the points and then maybe have a discussion with us about something that you thought was interesting something you found uh you wanted to get into more detail about we'd love to discuss it with you um overall what I was saying Tom is I think the book was an easy read extremely easy read um, it's very short yep. not long everything yep. is like pretty big writing <clears throat> and every page is always like a blank page before that then a uh, then a title page and then that so you're like reading it's like five six pages a chapter yeah right yep. so you're looking at 17 chapters I believe th- into three different sections um, you know and it it totals out to 227 of the 227. I would probably guess not even 200 pages. Oh, at least. Yeah, at least. Right? Yep. Yep. So, um, so what I'd like to do is because I took a lot more probably notes than Tom. Well, I'm going to go what, through
1: this. Yeah, what I, what I did was like, a, like, like uh, Zeus and I, we, when, whenever we pr- like, you know, do it. Pick a topic and prepare for the episode. We do things differently, but it it helps when we record. So, what I did as I as I was coming across you know points of interest for me, I would kind of just kind of dog ear the pages of my book, um, you know, it, just to kind of highlight you know some some things that I wanted to talk about per section because we are we are going to kind of go through the book.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I was, like, shepherdizing for those legal scholars, this fucking book, like, going through this, like, using, like, I am back in law school, going through this and writing down stuff, and that's how I used to get by, and, uh, you know, reading briefs and reading stuff like that, that's, I used that method on yep. a Paul Stanley Kiss book.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, before we break down the book, what do you think of the, what do you, what do you think of the front and back cover?
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get through that. Um, okay, so. Okay. On the front is Paul, obviously, in, you know, it looks like, honestly, back, backstage, him getting ready. He's not in makeup. And he's got his Paul Stanley Puma kickers on that Ugh. he designed, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not a big Puma guy, so no. some people like those. Uh, they were hot sellers, I can tell you that. So, yeah. good for him. Um, He's got his boots next to him From his stage He's got that Paul Stanley Although I've never seen The color gold Me neither I I noticed that as well Right Yep I mean he's got You know a closet there Looks like a You know a mirror there Actor's mirror or Whatever Uh, Probably the mirror he uses To get you know His makeup on and stuff The back cover is him In all glory On stage Wearing his uh, Kiss uniform That's the guitar I know
1: Yep Right? Yeah, like the yeah, like the broken glass one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, the the book is written by, um, you know, Paul Stanley, and he actually has some assistance, and that is with Tim Moore. That's the guy that helped him on his uh, backstage, uh, not backstage pass. Excuse me. Um, face the music. That? Face the music, right? Yep. Face the music. Yeah. Face the music. Yep. Um, Yeah, and I think they did a pretty good job Like I said, the book is broken up into three parts Um, Very quick read Yeah, Pretty straightforward This is not the Paul Stanley book If you're looking for a book about Talking about details of the band Kiss This is Paul Stanley, the man Talking about his stuff It's not a Kiss book I I would get very excited when I see him talking about kiss but there's probably a paragraph about kiss stuff in each one of these chapters not much
1: yeah it's a it, it, you would this this would be categorized as like a um like a self-help philosophy life affirming type of you know one of one of those one of those kind of books like you know like a Tony Robbins you can do it type You You can do it, what a boy! Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not a kiss book.
0: It is. I've read. um, It's it's not not a kiss book. Johnny Cash autobiographies. I've read Willie Nelson ones. They'll do ones after they've done their biography. Mm -hmm. It'll be like the wisdom of them stuff that they didn't miss or or funny quips and stories and things they want to talk about. So it's not really an autobiography, but they might throw out some new facts or details of something else and elaborate more. So this is what Paul is basically doing on this. It it is a uh, book about, you know, like he says, it's how to, you to change, not for him to change you. You know what I mean? Yeah. This book is written by somebody who has
1: spent the last few years in in therapy, and I, and I don't mean that, and I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. I, I, I want to be clear. I do not he has really come to terms with a lot of things. Um it's almost like his therapist told him to write this book um to get these thoughts and emotions and feelings out on paper. Um, See, I take it the
0: opposite. okay. I don't think his therapy some. I think he feels. Like, he's been doing therapy, as he says in this book, for 40 years, guys. Yeah. 40 years. That's yeah. before he formed Kiss. He's been going to this. So, um, no, actually, no, it's not before before Kiss. What am I saying? But regardless, I think he's found success with therapy. But that's and, what I mean. What? That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah. And I feel like he thinks, like, this has worked for me. I feel like people look up to me. I want to be able to share that this is something that they can do. Um, I don't think it sound, it comes across as too preachy several times in the books, several, I have several years experience um, several times in the book. He talks about, you know, do it for you, not for me, but you know, I think this is something that he says works for him and that people ask him sometimes. And so he's telling you what, you know, what works for him and that maybe this might work for you as a solution. So, Anyways, let's get started on the book, okay? Okay, yeah. All right? Yeah. So chapter one, okay? I'm not going to read this. This isn't an audible book. But chapter one is uh, part of part one he calls business and success. That's the segment. There's six chapters in this segment. Part one, business and success. The first one is called let the past be the past. Now, Uh,
1: now, Now hold on. Let me cut you off. Before we get into that, let's talk about the introduction.
0: Yeah, I I have that. Okay, I have it. I'll get to that. Okay. Um. So before, you know, the first actual chapter introduction says, and I wrote down here, Tom. What an uh <laughs> what an opening it is. It grabs you. He's like, "What the fuck?" The first so, sentence. I'm going to read it to you guys. His. Book the introduction section. I put what, a, what an opening! It starts off like this: There was a time when I wish my father would die. Whoa! Now,
1: <clears throat> this book, like we said, this is not a kiss book per se. Um, there's a lot of emotion into this book, so a lot of the analysis that that we're doing, or at least from my angle, is from a kiss fan, but also from a personal perspective. That was like a punch in the face. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. okay, especially because my dad is no longer around. Okay. Awesome so, guy, and I remember him well. Thank you. I appreciate that truly. I do. But to read a book open with that, I was like, God damn, where are we going here? Um But I think I think it was an effective way
0: to to pull you in. Yeah. So what what's interesting about this is, and I'm gonna and he goes on to talk about it. Um in the introduction, after reading his first book a couple years back, lately, if you've been following Paul, because obviously all you guys are, because you wouldn't be listening to us if you weren't big kiss fans. Yep, he's been putting pictures of him and his dad. Yeah. And the other you know, not too long, a couple months back, he had put your, look at my dad, 99 years old. Great, and all this stuff. And me and you were talking about, i like, dude, Paul's like like buddy-buddy with his dad gun. He was shitting on him pretty bad in Face the Music. Face the Music, he was bad. Yeah. And in talking about how unloving his parents were and what a difficult childhood, just not an episode ago, we were talking about the difference between Gene and him. And how Gene grew up in a loving family And Paul did not Yeah, And that's why Paul seems very standoffish And not overly um, Affectionate And here we go He explains it in the introduction Right off the bat Which made a lot of sense So that first line where he says You know there was a time I wish my father would die Is You know It gives you right to that part that me and you were talking about Like What's up with him and his dad? Well, he basically goes and talks about how happy is that he got to know his dad since he wrote the book and that he's had these discussions with his dad after he wrote the book and that all of a sudden, you know, years of not sharing information or not opening up that has changed. And he's got this wonderful relationship with his father now. And, I, I can only say personally, I feel that is so I'm happy for the man more than I can that he got to fix that relationship before, you know, he lost his father yeah and explain to him, you know, where where he was before. He doesn't sit back and say, oh, yeah, I understand they were right for being that way. No, but he kind of opened up and they wanted to form the relationship from this point forward. And they're and they have a wonderful relationship now, and that's awesome. I'm happy for him.
1: Yeah, I think he came to terms with why his parents were the way they were throughout his childhood, and as Paul has grown and you know his life experiences, his mom is not around anymore. Yeah, um, you know he kind of he, he and you know and there's a there's a there's a, a paragraph a little bit later on where he says, "I don't want my dad to die." I'm lucky enough to be able to tell him that I wish he wouldn't die. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that right there, that, that's, that's amazing to to put that into writing and to, you can tell that, I mean, you're five pages into the book and Paul is already ripping his heart out and slamming it on the table for everybody to see.
0: Yeah. And that's the stuff that I'm like, I found that fascinating. Yes. It's almost like at that point, I felt like what I was getting into in this book it was going to be something like that, like face the music from here, the part going forward. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it didn't end up being like that. But this was a pretty, you know, inside look into his family life. And, um, you know, I found it interesting. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. Let's go into part one, chapter one. Let the past be the past. Yep. A couple of the things I point out. So he goes back to his old apartment where he was raised and he yep. had that difficult childhood. He said he used to go back there all the time and he'd be depressed and he would reminisce about, you know, the, the teasing that he got because he had the, um, you know, the, the uh, the issue with the ear and his ear was, um, you know, it was, uh, deformed and, you know, being teased and Stanley, the one-eyed, one-eared monster. And he's like, every time he'd go back, that's all his feelings. He didn't want to go back there because he remembered getting a difficult life and. You know, a difficult childhood. But he said now, probably due to therapy, um, you know, instead of like in the past where he'd go back and be depressed going back there to see that place, he felt different going back and he brought his kids there and um and his family there so they would understand, you know, and talked about, you know, how everybody sees their first home is a lot smaller than they imagined it was back then. Um and I thought it was, I thought it was, you know, a nice little story that he got to go back now when he sees his childhood home, he doesn't have those, like, I'm going to be depressed for a couple of days now after seeing it because all yeah. those awful memories come back.
1: Yeah. And it, this is where, <clears> or <throat> I thought he he was continuing with some really uh, like some really powerful and emotive, you know, experience. I think going back to your childhood home where you had such bad memories, not just going back, but bringing your family with you. Mm -hmm. um, That's an exercise that a lot of people would not be able to do. And, and I, you know, and again, you know, we're only 15, 20 pages into the book and I'm like, okay, this is going to be, this is powerful stuff. Um, You know, like you said, unfortunately it kind of detoured, but you know, I thought that was an interesting exercise for him to go back and kind of exercise those demons not just personally, but have his kids come, you know, so that he can kind of purge those feelings with the help of his family next to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've said, we've said this many times before we said it when we were talking about the Dan rather interview, Paul is an extremely emotional and passionate. Like feeling type of individual, you know, I, I think anybody that falls very him,
2: articulate,
1: yeah, very articulate with his, with his feelings and, and where he stands emotionally. Um, you know, and early on in this book, he makes that clear. I thought, you know, again, a, a good way to, to keep – to start start it going.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll have these Paul Stanley sayings throughout this episode. So one of his sayings I read was uh, living well, people say, you know, is the best revenge. But he writes, but it's better not needing revenge. But, you know, not needing revenge, but it's even better to not want revenge. Yeah so not to go back and feel like oh now I'm going to get back at all my old classmates that made fun of me it's like it's better not needing to give that revenge on them it's better not even wanting it i don't care yeah i
1: actually um, had i actually i actually had that highlighted as well cuz i like that turn of a phrase where you know living well you know was the best revenge but he said not like you said not not only does he it, it means not needing it it means not even wanting it like yeah. i don't I, I don't even want i, I don't even want that Now, the flip side of that argument could be some people could be thinking, well, okay, you don't want it. You don't need it. But there's still I'm going to get to this a little bit later on as we keep talking about the book. There's still that human element inside of people that you can't continually push that away. I mean, you know, revenge is an ugly, ugly thing to have. Nobody wants that in their life. Except the album. Except the album, of course. (laughs) But nobody, no, nobody wants to live with that feeling in them. You know, so I I can see where he's going with that. You know, he's he's friggin Paul Stanley. Fuck those kids that were making fun of him when he was a kid.
0: The only one who needs it is Inigo Montoya. Because somebody (laughs) killed his father (laughs) and they need to prepare to die. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Uh, When I first saw that movie and then he got stabbed. (laughs) They're like all that. And he gives that nice Christopher Guest Gives that awesome speech He's like, you've been chasing me all this time I was like, this movie has got the dialogue It's just so awesome oh, I, I I digress I do. Uh, Second second uh, chapter Be tough on yourself, but always be your biggest fan um, yep. I wrote here yeah, This is when I started the book This is when I wrote Oh no, this is therapy <laughs> That chapter That's when you're like, where is this going? And
1: here we are. Here comes the therapy. Yep, you're right. And it started off kind of slow and subtle, but now we are full bore. Welcome to therapy.
0: It's like the man with the million quotes listening and Dan Rather throw at all his old country sayings. Yep, I wrote, start counting all the wisdom bits he's going to expound on a sponge on us. Yep. Um. You know, it's just I wrote down on the corner. Be fun to start a drinking game when Paul starts speaking some Miyagi shit. Uh, that, I mean, that's all it is. It's right? like it's it's all poetic. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, it's like you know. It, oh, it you know this this allows me to release the pain. It's not a form of weakness. It doesn't put the person who hurt us in a position
0: of power. What? Like? I mean, and again, we're only on I page mean, this twenty-four. That's Uh, That's when I was like, oh, where's this going? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I put about that. Do you have anything else on this chapter?
2: No, it's just, I I think it's. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: Look, I I, I, I feel this is ridiculous, pretty much. I mean, Paul is pouring out his soul, and this is how he feels. But we've said this before. He's very – he's talking as if the people that are listening have never heard anybody speak before about
0: anything. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know what it almost sounds like? I hate to say this. It sounds like – do you remember the Brady Bunch movie? Yeah, it's Mike Brady. Oh, I have that written down. I have that written down where it's like mocking him, but it's just satire that all the Zeus, Mike Brady saints, wherever you go. Zeus, you I sw-
1: I am not joking. If I could show you right now on my notes, I have in capital letters,
0: Mike Brady. <laughs> Remember the part where the guy comes back, Mr., you've uh, kidnapped my wife, impersonated her ex-husband, did that? And he's like, giving all these things the guy's done But when you swear in front of my kids <laughs> Yeah
1: <laughs> No you know what I You know what I thought of too well I, I mean I, I don't know If
0: I want to start throwing stuff in now or at the end Of the, or the at the end of the book but I mean if it's general hold off If it's on the typical of the book <laughs> no. But if it's a specific to the chapter go on no, no 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 go ahead no it's not It's not it's not that specific but Um
1: So yeah. So go ahead. All right, so that we'll, was we'll, chapter we'll, 2. I was just we'll, like, ugh. we'll we'll move along or or we'll kind of just be uh we'll, we'll be here. We'll be here until
0: friggin' midnight. So, yeah. number 3, every success starts with knowing the difference between a dream and a fantasy. So, he talks about dream versus fantasy. Um talks and th- I like this part. Talks about like, you know, the voice in American Idol. Yep. You know, the internet, you you know, He's like, when we were trying to come out, we wanted to be, like, you know, Zeppelin. We wanted to go against these bands. Um, he's like, you can see the guys that you want to be. Paul was talking about, like, Kiss wanted to be Zeppelin. Kiss wanted to be, I don't know, as big as Pink Floyd or whatever. Yeah. But they weren't looking at the competition. Like, where are we compared to the Eagles? We weren't, where are we compared to um, right. other 70s bands? Yo. you know. Jefferson Starship, whatever. Right. He was looking at us, where are we to the top? And he says that that's what their people are looking at. And now, you know, he gets into details about new people starting on the Internet. You can see all your competition. It's all there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's obviously difficult. But, you know, it, and, it, and, and it's, then it's fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah. And then in this chapter, uh, he drops in his first of many food references. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. In food circles, people talk about layers of flavors and a flavor profile. Well, you don't get that from one ingredient; you get that from a balance of many. What? Beautiful. <laughs> what? What? You know what? You know what I'm going to do from now on. I'm going to. I I might have to read these excerpts in Paul's voice. <laughs> I might have to do that.
0: Okay. Um. But I like some part because he got into like. You know, it, it, he's like, I know some other people that I thought were talented. Like he saw The Kiss. You know, he's talking about the Beatles, The Who, Zeppelin. Why do some great talents make it? And he goes, like, And he said, I saw other talents who are just as talented, but they never made it as big as those guys. Yeah. And he says, He, he believes that those guys that make it is hard work. Yeah. And it and isn't no- luck, it takes planning.
1: Oh, absolutely. It hard
0: work. Absolutely.
1: And I think that I think the impetus towards Paul's success was that relentless, um, you know, he didn't have a, a, a happy home life. He, he didn't have a happy childhood. He wanted something to prove to himself and to others. He needed an outlet. And he yeah, and don't he- you
0: believe that it is, a lot of it is luck? Think of how many great athletes running backs in football in college or this and that just never got the chance. And if they got the chance, they would be. Think about it. You don't think Tom Brady is lucky in some sense? Tom Brady could have played um, for Green Bay as the fifth or uh, you know, sixth round draft pick behind Brett Favre. Never got in. Yeah,
1: been I, out I, of football. No one's gonna deny. No one's gonna deny that luck plays a huge part. Yeah, in this. that's
0: what I'm saying. So, no. or or the band that you know what they just so happened to somebody saw them and brought it to somebody else, and where there's another great band that never got saw a seen, and you know what they just the, the 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 guitarist got into a car accident, and that that's it. The band broke up. But somebody like Paul, for him to give credit,
1: quote unquote, to luck. Would take away all he did as an individual, and Paul is not the kind of guy we all we all know he has a very difficult time giving credit to anyone
0: other than himself. Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't luck. want to take away that it, they didn't earn how they got big. Exactly. That, you know, sometimes it's luck. Exactly. He just say no, it was hard work.
1: Uh, well, yeah, it was hard work, but you don't get you're not going to tell you're not going to say it wasn't luck that you met Ace Freely and Gene and Peter and you got hooked up with Bill Coin and Neil Bogart. That's yeah. not.
0: That's, that's, sorry, that's luck. No, exactly. There's always things that come into play. But I just found that that to be kind of interesting. He said that. I mean, what they did with the luck in the hard work. Yeah. But you, you have to have, you have to have the luck. You have to. So, yeah. yeah. So the fourth chapter of fighting optimism. I just put in there, I found interesting. I I pulled out the point that he talked about my buddy, Chris Jericho, And so that Jericho's too small was considered too small. Uh, I mean, I can go into details about that and how I know like Jericho asked, you know, and then asked another wrestler, like, how tall are you? And he's like, you know what? This guy's tall enough. I can do it. And he put in all the hard work and he busted his ass. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He did. But I'm sure Jericho will also tell you that there are other guys that busted their ass just as hard as he did. Never had that one guy or one thing that it clicked or that one promo that put him over and, you know, didn't become a star that could have been a star. Yeah. Um, you know, he talks about that. And then I just put down There's more preaching. <laughs> That's all
1: it is. It continue. I mean, the thing I the, the, the parts of this book that I enjoyed when I could find them. Was something that was of concrete. Like, I thought that's that little story about Jericho. And unfortunately, it was one paragraph long. uh, That was a good, that was a real life example of what you're talking about. You know, and then after the Chris Jericho paragraph, he follows it up with the rules only stand until they're broken. And that is the essence of dreaming big. Well, what you just ruined a great story about Jericho (laughs) with your, with some Hallmark card shit.
0: You know what I mean? is i just put more preaching.
1: Yeah, that's all it is. It continues on to the preaching. So, yeah. So, the next,
0: chapter 5, the only rule should be no rules. <laughs> now we get into it. This was a good chapter. Um because yes, I put we're, ch- we're at chapter 5 and now we're getting into some kiss stuff. This is when all of a sudden this is kissle. This is when um all of a sudden my notes get a lot deeper. Okay? In this, he talks about Bill Coin and members and Kiss, how it felt right. Yep. Um, You know, always did things their way. Um, Then you know, did things for the fans. Um, You know, then he goes into detail. uh, Ace, you know, doing uh, booze. Peter's playing. Gene was in Hollywood, and. During, he's, it's mostly talking about like that era in the '80s, yep. uh, early '80s, and Paul was a serial speed, uh, serial spending his time serial dating. Yep. Um, you know, and, and, and he talks about um, the elder uh, Bob Ezrin. Um, you know, you know, in one of the oh, one of the other parts, and I've heard Paul say this before, is. You know, people ask, hey, is this good? And, you know, not not does somebody else think this is good. If he thinks it's good, that's all that matters to him. And he's always said that. Yeah, He never really cared what other people thought because they may tell him, yeah, yeah, it's good. But if he doesn't feel it himself, it's it's not real. Yeah, I
1: I enjoyed this
0: chapter because, you know, in the past when people
1: talk about the elder – you know, whether it's at a Kiss convention or something and people bring up the Elder and Paul always has like a snide remark about the Elder, you know, dis- discounting it and kind of trying to erase it from the history of the band. Um, I liked how he kind of owned it and and didn't try to blame anybody for the Elder. Um, you know, he says, you know, I wasn't manipulated. I wasn't coerced. I wasn't strong armed during the period we made Dynasty Unmasked or the Elder I made those decisions based on my life at that point. I don't think they were the wrong decisions. They were the decisions necessary at the time. I, I You know, and, and then, he keep, then he keeps going, Kiss was lost. We had forgotten who we were and why we were. We tried the best we could. We were sincere, but we were deluded and tainted by our success. I think that's an honest observation of where you were at the time. You're not trying to blame Bob Ezrin. You're not trying to blame Gene or anybody. You did it. Because you thought it was right at the time. In retrospect, it was maybe not a good call.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he also said at that time, Kiss had kind of accomplished everything they wanted to accomplish. They were already headlining Madison guarding, Garden. Yep. They were selling out. They were the biggest band in the world. Yep. The one thing they really didn't have, he said, was kind of validation. Right. So they switched yep. from continuing doing what they normally do and said, like, let's go try to get some validation, some, cri- some critic uh, stuff. And – you know, and he said Bob Essendon basically couldn't guide the elder like Destroyer. And, you know, he said, there. you know, he felt their success, he called it their achievement, gave them license to do less. Yeah. Since we're already big and we've already succeeded, we don't need to work as hard because just being Kiss is enough to it's, keep this going. Absolutely. And... and um so after they've already accomplished, he said he they didn't know what really to do next, and then he gets into the details about the albums. He's like, no one really wanted to do a hard rock album. Ace can say he wanted to make a hard rock album, but he couldn't. Meaning, like Ace is a drunk at that point, and he couldn't do a hard rock album even if he wanted to. I don't so know. So he can that. say now, looking back, that he wanted to do it, but he wasn't.
1: Yeah. And- I, I, I- I don't know how I don't know how much I believe that Ace was. That's Ace playing on parts of the Elder. I mean, okay, so Ace couldn't rock out according to you, so you had to
0: make fucking just a boy. No, that, I that, think he's saying they all came up with it, and no, that Ace I, is using revision to basically look back I, and said, "Oh, I want to do a hard rock album I, at I, the time."
1: That is where I'm calling out Paul. I don't agree with him on that. There is absolutely no way. Maybe, maybe Ace wasn't as vehement and vocal as he claims he was about his anti-elder emotions. But I, I i don't think... I think Ace was a passenger
0: probably at that point. Probably. Right, what are we doing? Where yeah. are we going? Yeah, but I'm no. sure he wasn't on board with it. And he probably was like, what the fuck are we doing here, dude? Yeah, but I'm sure he wasn't like, this is wrong. We need a hard rock album. We, let's do it. I'm sure he wasn't saying shit either. Maybe. Uh, um, <laughs> He did say that Odyssey had a... False, bogus Broadway voice. Glad he realized it. Yeah, he, uh, he owns up to it. He owns up to it for sure. And he talks about creatures. Basically, was the pendulum swinging all the way in the other direction? And he's t- who's going to disagree with that?
1: Who, I mean, yeah. he's right. I mean, you, sometimes you have to you have to sink before you can frigging get your
0: way back. So here's what he's basically saying: those early '80 albums when they were failing, '79 unmasked dynasty yeah uh, elder whatever ace is drinking peter's playing had gotten terrible yep jeans in hollywood trying to be a star and paul was trying to be a a woman it was womanizing trying to find date all these famous women yeah but i mean it's like there was no focus i mean it's like if this was a behind the music
1: episode this would be the, the part of the episode where the band like almost breaks up and then they find or, their, and then they find their footing, and they get their shit back together, like they did with Creatures of the Night,
0: or like in extreme close up when all of a sudden you hear that. Brrr, oh yeah, yeah. You know, the Black Diamond yeah. ending comes up, and yeah, brrr, yeah.
1: But that, but that, they, they play that in extreme close up when they're referring to this era. Yeah. Oh, you know?
0: so yeah. I mean, they,
1: they, they were they were fat and happy and rich at that time. So
0: you know, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, Gene. Exactly. Um. <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, Chapter 6, and this is the last part of Business Success, Part 1, okay? So on this, um, you know, he talked about um, that, you know, Paul was always sensitive about how he was treated. and You think? Yeah. So he says he didn't even realize it, but there was somebody, you know, in his, I think it was the... um, In the crew, road crew, that they were teasing. And he said he was in on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that basically he didn't think anything of it because the guy didn't say anything. He wasn't bitching about it. He was kind of laughing along. And that a woman stood up to him and said, hey, cut it, cut the shit. And she said something to him. He says that has stayed with him forever. You don't treat people. Uh, the way they allow themselves to be treated, you treat people the way they deserve to be treated. Like, meaning, if somebody has no self esteem and you let them to get picked on, doesn't mean that's okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. Do they but deserve that's, that's, that. That's yeah, a great you know, thing. Yeah, but that's nice
0: revisionist history by Paul now that he's sixty eight years
1: old writing this book.
0: No, but he's saying that he was part of the reason he didn't notice this, and this stranger that was like a seamstress or something, a seamstress in the band. Yeah. Um, basically stood up for the poor guy and said, hey, cut it out. Paul Just didn't know was allowing it. Paul didn't know he was being a dick. He needed somebody to tell him that. No. I mean, you don't feel like sometimes you guys are te- – you've never fucked around and teased somebody and didn't realize you were crossing the line and hurting the guy's feelings? No, I know what you mean. I so know. I mean, I think that's – I don't think this is making him look good. I think this is making him look honest. like, shit, I didn't realize it. I always thought because the guy didn't care. That it was okay. You know, they could have just been calling, you know, just busting balls, as they say. And, and I know. maybe he didn't realize it, that they were pushing it. Yeah. Well, you know, and you're like, well, I didn't realize it. he didn't say anything. Well, yeah. does, does that mean it's okay to do it? Like, maybe he doesn't want to stand up for himself. Maybe because he allows himself to do it. You know, he, no, he, know. he doesn't make it right. So, and he brings up the fact that some lady in, in there stood up and said that to him and he says it stayed with him I, I love that part um, and then he talks about this part is great then he talks about how he reconnected with um, Lydia Chris oh boy yep and you know he said you know we had some a past there and and but he said he reconnected with her he seen her, sees her at the, the cruise and stuff and uh, he said it was wonderful. Yeah, you know, introduced each other's family. They talked about it, um, and then you know, unfortunately, he gets into it on on Peter. Why? Why you? You're 70 pages into a book
1: about all this life affirming positivity and changes and growth, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you can't not shit on peter and i'm gonna tell you right now we've read we read face to music and we follow with kiss this is some of the this is some of the most
0: brutal shit he said about peter and i don't know why it's in here but continue your thoughts no i was just saying that peter couldn't take criticism he says he talks about the reunion, how Peter was great in the beginning. And I've heard people say that yeah. Peter was the MVP in the beginning of the reunion. Uh, agreed. Yep. And yep. I guess Peter started to be getting a little pissy. I, I believe that, too. I don't deny yeah, that. Like, yeah. You know, bitching at, you know, uh, wait staff and uh, room service and other, you know, crew members and stuff. Um. And so Paul jumps on and says Peter couldn't take criticism. And, yeah, you know, Paul, he couldn't Paul deal can't. with this. Musical shortcomings, he called it. So he put this in the book. If you're John Bonham oh. and you're a prick, it's one thing. But if you can barely play in a jerk, what's the point? Yeah, that was just that was rough. That was
1: that. Uh, honestly, after all after all the good vibes I had gotten up to this point, I'm like, uh, you know, in the, all I thought to myself was there's Paul. He can't control himself he can't
0: not shit on these guys he just can't not oh do he it. goes on i know he goes so, on you know he says the same with ace but peter lacked the wanting to do the work peter's barking at room service ace and peter came back as want to come back as equals that's ridiculous they were more concerned about how much paul made than how much money they made i 1000% believe that i i, I don't Look, I'm not saying that I don't
1: believe all that. Okay, but look, we know Peter is whiny. If you're listening to us. We're recording on Wednesday. You're going to hear this on Saturday. By then, the poll will have ended. The, the our weekly poll was the whiny Peter thing. Okay, we talked about that. Was Peter whiny because they wouldn't? You know, they they held him back or did they hold him back because it was whiny. Oh, we
0: all, we know nobody's denying that. Okay, we get yeah. that. Um, so, it, what I wanted to say is. At this point, he's talking about, and I really believe it. it. You know, I always talk about this. I have a I have a law practice, I've had other people work for me, I've had people leave my law practice, open up their own business. Yep. I am happy for them. Never begrudge anybody to make a living. Okay. Yep. Yep. So it happens. You've got to be okay with it. I truly believe that Peter and Ace. Or begrudging the fact that how much Gene and Ace, uh, Gene and Paul were making. You were making like fifty bucks on royalties from your solo albums before this happened. Now you're making millions of dollars, but you're bullshit because Peter Ace and uh, excuse me, Paul and Gene are making tens of millions of dollars. Who cares? They kept the band going for years. They were the biggest biggest musical contributors to the band. They deserve it. They didn't give up their rights to the band. They didn't sell their makeup. But what? But we're but we're talking
1: about the money during the reunion, correct? Who was being paid what during the reunion in '96? At this point, they were more bitching. Like, well, you guys are making millions of dollars. We want more money. Okay, this is now bullshit. Okay, now wait. Now for the first time in my life, okay, that reunion was a thing only because the four original band members came together. People wanted to see the original four members. So I'm going to play devil's advocate for here for a minute. I think Peter and Ace may have a little bit of a point in saying, well, what the fuck dude, this reunion is only happening because all four of us are here. You're going to do, what are you going to do reunion and have, you know, not Ace and Peter. So we're not going to do a reunion. We're going to be kiss and make a decent living and be a great band. No, no, no. That's but I'm saying in 96, when the reunion was announced and it was the original four. I'm saying Peter may have had a little bit of a bitch being like, what the fuck is this? You're going to cut me a check for
0: whatever while you guys are just freaking. Friggin- yeah. You're not in the band. Those guys in the band. You haven't been in the band in like what? 10 years. Right. Oh, what is re- 16 years. Right. But the reunion,
1: the kiss reunion tour was the highest grossing tour of 96 because yeah. it was the original four
0: members, not just because of Paul and Paul and Gene. No, It's because the original four members, but the fact that they put on the makeup and the uniforms and everything and went right. back to the old school stuff. Right. OK. So it doesn't mean that was going to happen without a the band would have been out of fucking sync for the last 15 years. Who the hell kept the friggin fans going all that time? No, 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 Who no, no. no. You're the mi- conventions and all stuff. So first of all, you're not in the band. No, no, no.
1: You're misunderstanding me. I'm talking about I'm talking about how the how the pay was was yeah. set up w- during
0: the reunion. OK, I'm not talking about the fifteen years if, before if you that. Know this as a corporation. Yeah. They're not a corporation. I, I mean, Peter was making money, I think, up until what? Like, asylum or I forget when. He was right. making money because he was still in the band getting a right. portion of the money. Right. He sold that off. They bought him out. Fuck off. So as the corporation, if you're not an owner in that corporation, you're a hired hand. I get that. Salary. I get that. I mean, they agreed to pay. it. And what happened if the tour flopped? And what if the tour sucked and they flopped? They had to pay Peter his money. Right. You signed the deal. Fuck off.
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I just look. It's hard because you deal with personalities like Paul and Gene against personalities like Ace and Peter. And the, 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 the line of demarcation is very
0: clear for a lot of fans. Um. All right. Yeah, so I, here's I, the other part I want to get into. Okay. So he set, makes a point, and I like this. He says – KISS didn't need to have equal amount of work. It was never about that. Just that everybody had to give 100% of what they were capable of. I You're want right. to show them what I'm capable, capable of. of. No, nobody. So nobody nobody's going to – Saying gonna, that, right. doesn't that make sense? Then Paul has the right to say that. I don't give a fuck, Ace. You weren't writing all our songs. You weren't doing that, Peter. You weren't – Rosa, But you came in. You were able to play our songs, and you could contribute a song to an album – Now you're out, you're out, you're, you know, your drum playing sucks and you're not bringing anything. Ace, you're not getting creative. You haven't brought in fucking shit. You're half the time you're in the the bag during the fucking concerts. No, no, that I agree. That I I agree with. why should they have to that? That So he's saying, but if you could contribute two, three songs, come up with a couple great solos and add a couple good riffs and a couple songs, Ace. Yeah, he didn't care that Gene and Paul uh, did, you know, 80 to 75% of the work. Or wrote eighty five or seventy five percent of the music. No, I they didn't I, mind that. But, I don't. I don't deny that. After the bloom
1: was off the rose of the reunion, and everybody was all hunky dory and lovey, you know,
0: Ace and Peter turned into a couple shit bags. Nobody's going to okay, deny that. But he's also not applying that to just them two. He's also applying that to Gene. Yeah, absolutely. So he's saying, yeah. "Well, fuck you, Gene. I know you can write some great songs and material and stuff. That why the fuck am I doing all this work and I'm splitting this with you? Right? No. Fuck uh, off. You're right. You're right. So, you know, and he, then he gets into the typical Paul stuff. I'm refusing, you know, refusing to let a bad marriage become cynical about the ideals of a good marriage. You know, you know, if you have to work hard in a relationship, then you're in the wrong relationship. So that's how I ended that chapter in that section. Yeah. I so agree. those last two chapters were the best ones I failed. Well, yeah. And I was
1: hoping that the book would have been a little bit more of that cuz i thought that was po- i thought that was i thought that was powerful honest stuff that you know kind of piggybacked on what we got from face the music you know what i mean so
0: <laughs> so let's go to part 2 relationships and family it's number 7 hold on let me grab my pillow <laughs> <laughs> live for others and live forever these are some of my notes Paul talks about death and death of parents. Um, you know, when we die, we become adult orphans. I mean, when our parents die, we become adult orphans. Um, he doesn't uh, doesn't miss his mom because she lives on in his in her meatloaf, and uh, <laughs> he just can't see her. Um, what's the point of life? The point of life that we do in our lives. Uh, what we do in our lives and what we leave behind. Um, Dude, I got to tell you right now, this this chapter made me want to kill myself. Well, let me just finish this last part. So I, I like this part. His parents, is even his mom, who he shits on yep. most of the time, that they told him, you can call us at any hour. And Paul says that he would call his mom. Okay. And, um, and she would come visit him, that he cried to his mom when he got divorced and she came over doesn't sound like that bad of a mom
1: no but i mean i don't know this is just this is when we get back to real therapy talk stuff and you know but i the mean
0: f- funny thing here is after what we just talked about in the previous chapter i have here in quotes the greatest thing i did in life was to stop being judgmental yep what the fuck was the previous chapter about? that's See, now,
1: you, now, now and, and those are the, some of the notes that I had. He's he's talking out of one side of his mouth for Chapter 7, and then the other side of his mouth for Chapter 8.
0: Do as I say, not as I do.
1: Yeah, it's, it gets crazy. Anything you
0: want to add to this chapter? None. Okay, Chapter 8. Life becomes worthwhile while we make others feel worthwhile. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, the greatest days in our lives are the days we are born and the day we find out why. I don't understand that. Yeah. The day we found out why yeah. we're we're alive because mommy and daddy had a, some uh, little uh, sperm love action going on. What do you mean, why your, your dad put down a
1: case of Natty Light? <laughs> yeah, just that was about why. I was why. I don't, but I don't understand that. Do you? He, no, he's just the getting. Day you find out why you were born. Uh, but that's what it's, I mean. This is when this is when it comes into like that self-realization, that self-actualization talk, yeah, you now, know,
0: being a parent is mind blowing.
1: I mean, he, he, um, he looks he looks at his daughter and says, I can't believe I'm your father. Like, why can't you? What are you, Darth Vader? What? Why can't you believe you're her father? Like what? Because he had a vasectomy. Who knows? I, I mean. You know, and then he keeps going on again. We are the remnants of our parents. We continue on through our children. Well, I'm not denying that any of this stuff is not true.
0: It's true. But. Oh, this part I found funny. He says that Kiss was pitched like tobacco products, coffee table about porn stars. I got a lot to say about this. All right. And then I was like, and then he put, is this behavior something I could explain to my children? Is it something I could defend to future generations? Hey, buddy! Did you just see our last episode, Kiss Confidential? D- really? You're talking about you? I, I, honestly, You're better I was than like, the pigs we had here last night.
1: <laughs> honestly, I was stunned when I read this. Like in the case of porn, people have to decide for themselves whether or not it works for them. But for me, the book would have been legitimizing something I wasn't comfortable with. Never mind the Kiss Exposed video I made. <laughs> And like Zeus just said, never mind the Kiss Confidential video we just made where we had strippers on talking about wave your panties in the air
0: and calling <laughs> people. I mean, come on, Paul. So when you had a chance to be on the decline of Western Civilization 2, a documentary, and they called you up, are you meaning to tell us that that was a normal, real day you in bed with four playmates? Right. No, you did that. You planned it. And you had them film that because that wasn't something that was naturally happened. They came over your house and you were just there doing that. See, so I'm that's wondering what you were trying to show. So don't just say, you know what? I look back. I've made some stuff. And right now I realize I don't want that stuff. And the things that I did do, I feel a little bit ashamed of. And I wish I, you know, now I, I would tell people to be careful what they do, because later on they might not agree with these things. Perfect. Does Paul think the people reading this book don't know
1: anything about Kiss? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know that that was just that, that I had that. That was some that, that was one of the major highlights I had out of that section
0: as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got stuff in here, um, you know, talks about a child abuse has two choices, abuse others or do the opposite. Tolerance is acceptance. Acceptance is a choice like lawful versus ethical.
1: Yeah. Um, you know. And then he get then he gets into the Bible. Anyone can quote from the Bible. Anybody who uses the Bible as grounds for hatred or intolerance,
0: you know, I mean, he sees just, homeless people. and He tells his kids, like that guy went to school one day and he could have wanted to be a president or a star. Uh, you know, give the tools to your kids to go out and to and not battle, but to enjoy life. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, oh. come on, Paul. Of course, all these are things
1: you say to your ten-year-old kid. But I know, I mean, right? Zeus and I—we're we're both parents. We're both raising kids. I mean, I- no, no, little Johnny, go out and
0: kick the fucking first kid you see in the nuts, and then call him a racist slur, and then they- take his and then take his lunch money and make fun of his mom. They, they goose his mom and punch his
1: dad in the nuts. Yeah, <laughs> do do that. <laughs> unless I unless I put it, unless I put it in a book, then don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Drop a juice in their station wagon. Jesus. Go up to some kids' mom and say, put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Smith, yeah, wave your panties in your air, in the air. Lick your lips and take your hair off. <laughs> I want to watch some asses shaking into the noise my boys are making. Is that going to be
1: acceptable for future generations, though? I think
0: that's uh, sexy enough. Um, so All right, let's move, let's move along. chapter eight. Let's chapter nine. Oh, if you're not asleep yet, buddy, the boundaries we inherit li- inherit limit the distance we can travel. And you know what this chapter is going to be like if you're oh. in something preachy like that? Brody. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, just
1: he it's just more just more brutality. And then he talks about, um, you know, I found it interesting, too, because, uh, you know, I, we're both we both come from religious families. You know, he talks about how he's Jewish. His wife is Catholic. They raise the kids as both. And, yeah. you know, you do this and that. And it, and it goes on and on and on. And I'm like, dude, you understand you're not the first friggin person with a mixed religion marriage. We get it. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. just keep going on. It just, it, yeah. That that just needed to. And then again, he, you know, and I'm I'm gonna follow this up near the end. He starts talking about revenge again, not the album.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, know. did you see the part where he says religion should reflect the times, not your life? Control your religion, and you know, talking about religion should be different. Um, you know, and then that he's uh, uh, talks about stuff and about. Don't let you you know these issues become so that a root canal is needed before the decay sets in. So it's more and more or less like preventative dentistry. Oh <laughs> what the fuck, Paul. But Paul does say if someone hurts Paul, they're gone. Revenge is ugly. And I put except for the album. Yeah, if you if you, like in other words, Stuart, fuck off. You're gone. Um oh yeah, one, I agree with that. One part we didn't get into, he okay. did say and I heard him say this on a Jericho's podcast with him. Right. Um, he was talking about, like, you know, relationships. And you find out you're fighting about the color of the paint of the wall. Oh, yeah. But it's really more or less about control. That's not the reason you fight. I heard him say the exact same story. I forget what episode on Jericho's podcast it was, but, but anybody, it was there.
1: But anybody who's ever been in a relationship, from your high school girlfriend to your wife, yeah, everybody – yeah, we know that, that if you get into an argument about who left the shoes in the kitchen, you're not
0: arguing about the shoes in the kitchen. Yeah. So yep. we
1: know, we get Never that, heard Paul.
0: that before, but. We get and then that. he talked about, though, there's some Kiss stuff in there. They yeah. said, you know, Peter would throw his drumsticks at him on stage. I've heard that before. <laughs> if he got into his limelight. <laughs> yeah. the fuck Dude, out of the way, Paul. Honestly, um, if that's true, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and then he admits that G- with Gene, when he was mad at, uh gene Paul would be a dick back to him. Yep. Yep. So he admits that he was sometimes a dick yeah. instead of dealing with it directly, you know? Yeah. Um so that's uh that chapter. We're up to chapter 10 strive to raise the bar, not lower it.
1: Yeah. He talks about uh this this chapter is mainly about his first divorce, you know, when he had his son Evan with his first wife and yep. dealing with that struggle. Um you know trying to you know the The failed marriage, why it failed, how he protected Evan during the whole uh, the whole process. Um you know, I, I thought this was an honest chapter, not not a not a lot of, you know, the psychotherapeutic discussion, more more of oh, an but honest things that
0: I say, don't hate your ex more than you love your kid. You yep. know, communication. Don't bad mouth to the ex in front of your kids. I mean, These are stuff that we all know. Right, Everybody, right. time you get a divorce, you're going to have to go and take a course. They, you know about parent-ra uh, child raising, and they always tell you that. Right, um, right. You know, and then after this chapter, okay, before chapter 11, photos come up.
1: Yeah, some cool photos, especially some of those real old,
0: unseen ones of the uh, early days of the band. So some of my notes from these photos, I put Paul was a cute little twelve year old in that photo. I've never seen him. I thought he looked pretty cute. <laughs> Look at him; he looks normal He looks happy. Um, you know, the lyric page was great. Yeah, he love it all I can in Black Diamond lyrics. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and then obviously that picture is already leaked. About his cab license with the you know mutton chops. Oh, that was great, right? Yeah, and <laughs> I put here in my notes. Do you see the the old pictures that have never been seen of them in the early makeup? Yeah, from the first album, Gene's got the skull, uh, uh, the bones, uh, face skull crossbones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter's makeup. I put here that Paul looks like he's like Puerto Rican. Yeah, it, he. It looks. That yeah, doesn't look like him. It looks like somebody just came off somebody else back there in the 70s. Yeah, it looks weird. It does yeah, It doesn't, doesn't look, it look like, like, like he's a white makeup on. It looks like someone's just put some shit on his face, like dirt or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, And then this is what I don't understand. Studio 54, this photo that they're in, Studio 54, he's like with Frank Zappa, um, Andy Lennox, and Andy Warhol. That's going to be mid 80s. Studio 54 was still open then? No, that's probably... Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think so. Andy Lennox. That's gotta be at least
1: 83, 84. Probably, yeah. That's when the Eurythmics were kind of at their peak. Studio
0: 54 was open then? I guess so. I don't know. Um, and then Paul the next page, Paul and his pipes doing yeah. curls. Uh yeah, we'll hear more, we'll hear more about that crap later. <laughs> <laughs> then Paul in his uh Hawking his pumas. Yep. Paul at the old house that he used to live in. Paul with his typical family beach walking the beach. Paul in his on stage photo. a picture of the Jimmy Jimmy Page holding his face to music book. I think I've already seen that one. I think that was already in his face to music think, book. That I page. think it was yeah, because that yeah, that photo definitely looks familiar. The old uh, kiss, and then he's got his soul station band. Yep. Photos and then uh, I put the last page uh, is Paul and his family. That's a good looking family there. I, I honestly, all jokes aside, when I saw this picture, like that, that's a that's a pretty kick ass family photo. It really is, I right? Mean, his it's a good wife- looking family. His his son, his oldest son Evan, looked a little awkward when he was younger. Had the huge fro going. Yeah, not anymore. No, he looks like the guy from um, what's that show? He looks like the guy from Can't Buy Me Love. What's his name? Oh, Patrick Dempsey! Yeah, he looks yeah. like him there. Yeah, and his wife
1: is smoking. <laughs> oh.
0: yeah, she's a good-looking woman. Yeah, um, yeah, no, Patrick Dempsey. What was the character's name in the in, in the movie? Who, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the guy who cut lawns there, Ronnie, whatever. R- R- Ronnie Miller, or was Ronnie Mc- Ronald Miller? I think. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, they're all, it's a good-looking photo. Good-looking family. Yeah. Um, oh, and I did notice that one of the photos was by Keith LaRue, and the other one's by famous uh, photographer Ra- Ross Halfen Took that oh, photo yeah. with Jimmy Page. Yep. So finally, the last chapter in um, part two, 11, understand the why and the struggle less with the why not.
2: Yeah.
1: Just more you know this is the i i'll say right now moving forward here this this whole second half of the book um it just gets ridiculous in my opinion it just becomes i mean I, he's kind of let out a lot of his major topics his marriages his children his life with kiss and so now we just start getting into how wonderful life is and all the experiences and things i've done
0: it, yeah no it, but he's still on that last chapter yet so on this uh, one he does say you know You know, he talks about being faithful to his wife and he turns women away and they think and here's a, a, you know, they think he's either stupid or he's gay. And he (laughs) says, I'm neither. (laughs) And we all know the rumors out there and the jokes and, oh, he's definitely gay and this and this and that. I think that's funny that he actually even said that at all. You know, yeah, I don't think they think he's gay because he's faithful. I think they thought he was gay because he was by his like, I wouldn't say his clothes, but by by his effeminate stuff that he would do.
1: Yeah, and I, I like this quote too. When he goes, somebody once said to me, "Quote: I'm married. I'm not dead."
0: Who the fuck said that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, to make things work, we have to
0: make conscious decisions. And no, I mean, enough. I get it, Paul. Purpose to marriage is to combine. A a relationship should bring out the best in people, not the worst.
1: Yeah, I get that. Um, Thank you, Paul.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then he talks about relationships. If someone's ruthless or unethical to other people and then you get into business with them, why wouldn't they be that way to you? Oh, yeah. He talks like cheat on people. Why would they cheat?
1: Yeah, he talks about, like, the accountant or, you know, the, you know if he's screwed somebody before,
0: he's going to do it again. Yeah, but he did admit, and he uh, usually doesn't kick himself, but he does say, like, yeah, he was with women that cheated on others, and he's with them, and guess what? They did it to him. Yeah. And he's like, I should have known better. Yeah. So, I, I have a feeling he didn't care back then. Yeah. No, I think he did care. I think, yeah. He, yeah, I think it does bother him. So let's go to part three. Self. Uh, health and happiness and Part three. And, and that's the end of the episode <laughs> kick the bucket list number 12 this is when the clichés
1: this is, thistle. This is when the clichés come on fast and furious let yes. me tell you right now prepare yourself life is a conveyor belt Ugh. I mean, achieving something on your bucket list should open our eyes to something else we need to do. I don't think we should ever end up with everything checked off our list.
0: Keep adding to your bucket list. Uh, All right, that's number 12. 13, choose your battles means you win more often. I don't know about that. Now, I like this because there's some KISS stuff in here. Yes. Go ahead. You stop. Right? So you said the lowest moments of Creature Night Tour, they were basically playing in a lot of empty arenas. Yeah. And true. he's like, you know, you got to give them, don't go through the motions because you can't half-ass the show because what you're trying to do is get other people to join. You don't want to lose the the loyal people that did come up to visit, you know, and to yeah. watch you play. Uh, and he talks about taking off the makeup for Lick It Up. Yeah, and calls I thought... Lick It Up, a good album, calls Creatures a great album.
1: Yeah, and I thought one of the most interesting things in this chapter right here... When he talks about the cover of Smashes, Thrashes and Hits, after all the books that we've read about Kiss, this is actually something that I found really interesting. He says, if you look at the Smashes, Thrashes and Hits album, one person is in the center and bigger than the others, which was appropriate. And yeah, I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, that's, I've heard him do that before.
1: I've heard but, that before. But that's that's pretty friggin' honest. I've, I've okay, maybe you have. I've never heard that before. I thought that was pretty honest. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm the reason this band is still around." Put me in the in the middle.
0: Where remember where he kind of talked about the fact that in the videos he doesn't even have the guitar. He's in the front. Yes, and Gene is in the background. Yep, that's what I'm getting at. Okay, so that's what I think he's like. Yeah, fuck that. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I thought that was he did good. Say the other interesting quote. What I like hearing this is, you know, people would say to him, well, you know, with the makeup, Gene is the face of Kiss and Paul's just a voice. It's true. But without the makeup, Paul gets more of his due. So he changed the face of the band when they took the makeup off.
1: Oh, easily. Paul, the transition for was so much easier for Paul from makeup to non-makeup. He still behaved and acted and did everything the
0: same. Gene lost his demon. We knew that. Yeah. You know? and i put that he seems bothered by gene as the face of kiss gene talked more off stage while paul talked more on stage yep um he was talking about how they never thought of breaking up uh everybody else could leave but he was staying and then he goes on about kiss the brand and this is the part i'm saying about you know that he's probably saying about Ace and Peter, like they were going through some rough times, and he was like, "Fuck you! I'm the one working. I'm the one who's keeping this band going. I will fight to this. You all could fucking leave. I'm keeping this." Um, and and you know, for them to finally hit big and those guys coming, yeah, I yeah, I don't give a fuck that you did this for 14 years without me. I want the same as you. Like fuck that.
1: And then I like the I like the section. You probably liked it too when he started talking about the Eagles. Yep. Yeah, uh, and this that, was interesting stuff. Yeah, when he talks about he said, I he, uh, sent out a tweet last year with a picture of the Eagles without Glenn Frey. Uh, you know, he talks about the Eagles tour, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then uh, he said, I started getting bitter responses saying, this isn't the Eagles. These guys should hang it up. They're a cover band. And he, and then uh... somebody said, yep. Yeah. And then
0: somebody goes, oh, Paul, you're just saying that because of Kiss. You're a cover band, too. Yep. Ooh. So then Paul wrote this response. Yep. To the whiners, the hundreds of thousands who will love seeing the Eagles on this tour don't care about you and will have a great time while you whine about which and what band isn't meeting your criteria. In a world where someone else is happy, your unhappiness doesn't matter. Now, how In other perfect. words, <clears throat> Stuart and the rest of you fucking whiners. But think about that. He, Paul wrote this book before
1: the tour started. Yep. So to think about those words are exactly perfect for all the shit that kiss took when they announced the end of the road and the early, you know, the shows with the lip syncing, you're a cover band. Like I, I thought that was kind of interesting and ironic that he wrote that about the Eagles when he could have easily written about his, his own band,
0: you yeah. know? No, I, I think, uh, um, I, I love that. And he was talking about, you know, I love being in this band. I love the security of the band. I love to yeah. lean on others. Um, you know, and and then he gets into the Eagles, and he talks a little bit about um that he likes the evolving members of the Eagles, and that the band, yes, the band yes, doesn't have any original oh. members, but other members have come into the band over time. You can say the same thing about the Eagles. There's only one original member in the Eagles, and that is oh, right. That is Don Henley, right? Okay? So, but Don Henley, now you have Deacon Fry, which is Glenn's. Uh, son Glenn Fry's yep. son, but yep. you've also had during these times, all of a sudden Joe Walsh came in four albums into them. Then now everybody knows Joe Walsh has been in the Eagles for 25, 30 years, but he wasn't an original member. So yep. I think what he's trying to lay the foundation for is to say that look, what if I what if Gene leaves next time? And then yep. it's me, Eric, and Tommy. And then I leave and then it's Tommy isn't that kind of still Kiss? Because now you still have Tommy and Eric Singer still playing. Right. See, I can see that. Right, right. No, I get right. I, you're right. You're right. You know? Yeah. So I find that stuff to be fascinating. Um, and, you know, he talks about that he will end it when he wants to end. So, and all I right, think so. a just, little.
1: Uh, yeah, no, go, no, I was just going to say, and I, again, I find that interesting, you know, based on where we are in the tour right now while we're reading this book,
0: yeah. you know? Fourteen, when you find the true meaning in what you've accomplished, you'll fall in love all over again. Huh? Uh, Yeah, I got a couple
1: things here when he talked about, you know, um, he talks about, actually, there's a little bit of a a typo here. He talks about when he went backstage with Tupac at the American Music Awards. Yes. Oops, it was the Grammys. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it It made me second guess it. Like, what's he talking about? No, it was the Grammys. Unless, unless, unless now I'm second guessing myself. Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, he just talks about, you know, you know, putting everything back on and the, you know, how it felt great and Tiger Stadium and, um, you know, how he just talks about how much
0: he loves. He just loves the band. Um, you know, okay. so that was the cool stuff. Oh, no, no. This chapter is very interesting. Yeah, there is. So he brings up. Oh, uh, Bill Coin and Sean Delaney. Oh. <sighs> He said that both each, both of those guys made each member feel like he was their favorite, that if not for them, uh, and he says that if not for Bill Coin and Sean Delaney, if not for them, I don't think Kiss would have survived. Yep. Um, Agreed. And, you know, and that is, that is a true talent of someone that makes you feel like when you're with them, they think you're the best. And I think that's what he's saying to Coin and Sean Delaney. And he goes on to detail what Sean did for them. And we've talked about I've talked about that in previous episodes. Um, you know, and, and and he talks about oh, it's still you know, you know, it's, there's nothing compared to being in Kiss. Um, you know, and still you know the bands that say they want to play clubs. Show me the band that wants to play clubs, and I'll show you a band that can't play an arena. Um, that's tough.
1: Yeah, yeah. why Why don't we get to the big part of this chapter?
0: Oh, when he said he choked up on stage when they did the reunion? No. Okay, go ahead. No.
1: Remember earlier we were talking about how he was piling on to Peter? Yeah. Brutal, I
0: thought, in this. Peter doesn't have a life. In quotes. Peter's sense of anger and resentment and feeling like a victim. Uh, that's a little bit of projection if you ask me. Well, you left out a couple other key lines here. Hold on, I'm not done yet. No, Peter's always been negative. Consumed some kind of reality that his wife tells him. That's,
1: dude, that's fucked.
0: I've heard that though, and I've heard that from other people on other podcasts by different people around Kiss. Okay. That his wife... now. I'm is, not is, saying is that person that makes everything miserable. I'm not
1: saying that that may not necessarily be true, but again, why do you have to put that in your book? Why do you have to put that in your book?
0: Like that—that's just frustrating to me. Yeah, you know, because it like there's goodwill. You know, Peter hasn't said anything in the media. Does he really need to hear, hear that he doesn't have a life? I don't have a problem with him saying of him saying, "Look, Peter." Peter's wife causes a lot of friction with us. And I heard and read a lot about that. And I saw and read a lot from other people around Kiss that had no reason to, to talk, you know, to pick sides that said that she was a troublemaker. The one trying to stir Peter up about, oh, how much money are you making? What are they doing? Where are they staying? How come they get room service like this? How come like and it would get Peter in the whining and the bitching. And so yeah. they're like, we don't fucking need this, but this is that's that's prevalent with a lot of rock bands, Like, oh yeah, somebody's yeah. wife gets involved. It's in every friggin drama rock story movie. Someone's yeah. wife gets in there, a girlfriend gets in there, and she stirs shit up. yeah, and then he continues. I think Peter's life is probably very
1: one-dimensional, uninteresting, and unstimulating which is a result of seeing the world negatively and seeing everyone from the band members to the hotel service people as disrespectful. That's not a world anyone should live in, and I don't want to be a part of it. Well, there goes your friggin' hopes of a reunion on the end of the road tour. And then he comes in with the cliches. In the past few years, I began to realize life is like dodgeball. In our own way, we're all trying to duck the ball. All right, whatever.
0: Yeah, and then he talks about, you know, he actually goes in about Kurt Cobain dying Intra- young.
1: I like that. It was and interesting. Who,
0: how do you know Kurt Cobain may not do three albums from now to an album that fails? And he talks about James Dean versus Marlon Brando. Yep. Brando, you know, Brando died old. Yep. And people laughed at him, fat and old. Yep. It was, you know, Brando was the bigger star and the bigger sexism than James Dean. But James Dean is still seen as cool. Right. Perhaps oh, right, purple vein yeah. is still seen as cool, but who knows what they would have been had they gone up. And he talks about people being unhappy, makes them feel better and the Florence Nightingale syndrome. Yeah. You know, happy people attract others around them. So yep. that's why they're so happy. Yep. And maybe we won't be so corny. You're right. <laughs> exactly. That gold <laughs> soup out of your mouth and go get yourself some pussy. <laughs> uh, all right. Chapter 15 Vanity isn't narcissism. He talks about cholesterol. This is the part that I put that I thought it was obscure. And that he wanted to get a trainer. And he says, you know, pick a trainer that you want to look like. Don't pick a muscle-bound guy that you look at and like, because that's what he's going to try to train you to be like. He talks about that. He went to see that guy, not Seinfeld, Steinfeld, Body by Jake. Remember those Jake. Yeah, Body by Jake. Yeah. He's like, and yeah. that guy was like, Oh, I'm gonna make you sword. He's like, Well, that guy's not for me. And you know what comes to mind when I think of that? What? You dumb fuck. What's that from? He was the cab driver and coming to America. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then where where uh Akeem stops in front of his cab, he puts
1: a dumb fuck. But, the, but then – but then and, and this this is honestly uh, – from here on to the end of the book, this is when the, the, I started – I almost started like skipping paragraphs. He starts talking about how to lift weights. It, it's how we lift and how we put the weight down. It's the control of the motion. It's, that's how we get in shape. We get more out of the muscles when we use them from the beginning of the movement to the end. Lifting weight is half of it. Bringing down is the
0: other half you, Are you t- fucking kidding me, Paul? I'm benching 250 pounds. you benching 250 pieces? I mean, come on, man. Pieces? What the fuck? Pounds, baby. Pounds. And then that's he why start- I ask you how many years' experience I have.
1: Yeah, then he starts talking about, you know... Oh,
0: you ruined it.
1: No, I'm, I'm trying to get through this godforsaken book. <laughs> ruined
0: it. <laughs> you're supposed to come back to me with what? <laughs> you benching 350 pieces? <laughs> Pounds, baby. Pounds. 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 He pounds. And that's why I said, And I told you ten liver lips Ten, li- ten, ten lips <laughs> Thank you <laughs> We got that out Now we can go on <sighs> Oh
1: wait Wait chapter 16 He starts
0: off by telling you How much he likes ice cream Wait you gotta give the title Pride in what we do is pride in who we are Oh <sighs> This is when he starts
1: talking about what he likes to eat and ice cream and food
0: can be a sensory treat. You can experience a meal. You can enjoy a meal. Oh, yeah. And he talks about how he started cooking for his son and how he was a terrible dresser. And then he learned how to pick out an outfit for himself. And you know what? Because somebody went up to him and said, look at those shoes (laughs) and that That dress dress. awful. but I did like how he talked about like how he originally started writing songs about a song. Like you wanted to write a song that is something that sounded like something he liked. So a like- hard luck woman was like a Rod Stewart harder than hell was like all, um, but all right now by free. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. But if you thought that was interesting, he then starts talking about how to make a meatball.
1: <laughs> and, and what's more interesting than hearing Paul Stanley tell you how to make a fucking meatball. Well-
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that his wife loves to bake and they have kitchen adventures together. Um, but he did mention that uh, him and Paul, him and Gene, I didn't know this in '73, were making pants for each other, that <laughs> he was st- stitching them. I, I, and that his kids now would make apple pie from scratch. Oh, that was a riveting chapter right there. And Paul tweets celebrity chefs about cooking, and then he gets into oh, you got to use the chicken stock and make sure you grease the pan. And <laughs> honestly, this is when I almost took the
1: book and said, I, I can't. I don't know what what, what one, happened. One to, more left. What happened thought? to Star
0: Child? What happened to Star Child? If we keep, seventeen, if we keep moving forward, we never finish the journey. Good one, Paul. Ugh. Express yourself, music, cooking
1: art yeah he just starts talking about art and his artistic ability i've never been i've never been good at working to someone else's schedule however nobody works harder is more motivated or can deliver more dependably than i can
0: and i think i remember yeah that's funny and i think i remember him saying this he was talking about there, like the kiss stuff stick out to me so he was talking about do another album i'm not inspired he was shown the bills. I got expired. Yeah. I, no. He's done that. I've heard him say that on, on once again. I'm um, uh, name drop on, on Jericho's podcast. I heard him talk about that. Not about true. the bills. Now I'm inspired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. Think he talks about riffs in chords. Uh, yeah. You know, and that's why there's not a lot of unreleased songs that he does. If it's not worth going on, he stops. Um, He talks about painting styles and vibrant colors. Yeah, but then he talks about, you know, making campanelli
1: pasta with sausage and broccoli (laughs) and toasted panko crumbs. But he had overlooked one of the basic rules of cooking vegetables. Okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, What the fuck, Paul? What? Let me get back to the kiss stuff. He does say he talks about carnival souls, yep. and we've heard him say this before. Like you know, it just b- b- being miserable felt fake. What do we have to bitch about, right? And I want to say, dude, that's all you've ever done, though, Paul. You're always complaining. Did you read your first book? You admit you were very miserable in a yep. miserable childhood. So why does it be like kisses a celebration? He always likes to say, right? But. Yeah. Obviously, you've had some misery. Obviously, you were going through a painful childhood. And, you know, you've also had painful relationships and breakups. Why? You can't talk about that? that, Yes. I
1: I thought, yeah, I thought his analysis of Carnival of Souls was a little bit disingenuous as opposed to his analysis of, like, the elder, which I thought was pretty honest. I I think he's like, you know, my I thought it was uh, fake and disingenuous because of my fundamental optimism, like you just said, like, what, what? the, the, what'd you write it for? What, like, because you wanted to be like... Uh, you can't have all the feelings? Right, exactly. You wrote that, you that album came from a place of honesty.
0: Either that or you were really frauds trying to be Alice in Chains. Well, you know, if he goes to say, look, we've written songs about despair and lack of hope and things like that. Okay, great. I think maybe if you want to say, look, we've done songs like that before, you know, but... Yeah. We have never done a whole theme where the whole album is too dark. I felt that the album was too dark, and okay. that's not what Kiss is about. I can okay. get that, but don't be like like you can't write about that because Kiss is always so happy and, and optimistic. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, it's okay to write something dark. What is fucking unholy? A fucking a yeah. positive song? I know, I know. <laughs> Anyways, and the only other thing I noticed there that is he talked about, "I will be there," was written for Evan, where he relates to that song. Yeah you know, as a thing to his kid. Um, And then he gets into soul station and, you know, he's different group of band members and soul station is this and that. Yeah. And, um, you know, and the final part is I loved about this was Uh he was saying, he told Rod Stewart, yeah, I'm doing this band. And he said he created soul station because he had to do a classic rock band for a fundraiser for his kids. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just fucking give money to your kids' band? I'm sure it's fucking all Hollywood and, and, right. you know, rich part of LA. Why don't people just give money? Oh, I had to raise money for it with a classic rock band. Dude, here's, a, here's some money. But, right. anyways, he asked Rod Stewart. And Rod Stewart asked him, Great. You're going to do like a fucking RB. Who's going to sing? Paul said, <laughs> to Me. And he says, You can handle those songs? And he goes, Then I played him some live recordings. And Rod said, Wow. Oh, whatever. Well, wait a minute. Rod said, "Wow, picture that going." And if he didn't like it, wow. Yeah. yeah exa- exactly. <laughs> how do how, how do
1: we know the context of the wow?
0: <laughs> yeah. So it could have been like, uh, I don't know if Rod was saying. I don't think he. Was, it means what you think it means. <laughs> What's that part? Yeah. And, and again, Brian. what? I, and you when keep I keep saying that, I don't think it means what you think it means.
1: And I know it's 40 years later, but every time we've talked about this before, every time I hear him talking about soul station and the Motown R and B sound, I'm like, then why did you destroy Peter's album? Yeah. Why do you, why do you continue to shit on that album? Yeah, exactly. You know, it just pisses me off. Every time I hear Paul brag and celebrate about soul station.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, and he finally ends with you know better live with failure than regret. Um, people notice that he smiles a lot more now that he's in Kiss. Good, I'm glad he's happier because fuck, he was not so happy before. Of course he's smiling. He's got money out the ass. What the hell's he got to be he's sad? Happily about? married. He's got a good family. Good for him. Right. Um, you know, Kiss initially celebrates the right to be you, and us now is a celebration of life. What's next? He has no idea. He believes in God, and he sees people a lot lately who have dying wishes and dying to meet him. And he tells them what to do, uh, you know, like to believe in what they believe, and it's up to them to believe that. And that he says in the end of this book that he will be smiling right up until the end. The end.
1: Yeah, I, I thought. I thought it I, I mean, I, you know, it was more cliche stuff, but I
0: thought it was a good way to kind of wrap up. But it didn't really wrap up because then he has the outro. Well, yeah, he does. He does have that. Which he was says good. Kiss always the underdog over 2500 shows. Yep. Um you know, he just, you know, I, therapy for 40 years. Uh Kiss is multi-generational and proud of it. Um we don't they, preach, we we don't preach, we inspire. Yeah. The Kiss is the people's band. I'm like, does the rock know you stole that saying? <laughs> Um, And in his Kiss Rider I Like any Kiss stuff I find interesting They used to have champagne by the case Now Dr. Pepper Who drank the champagne? Ace and Peter? Yeah Right? Doctor. And only have Advil now Yeah um, Dr. Pepper Talks about inspiring doctors and in cancer survivors That Kiss got them through that And what do I put right next to it? Doctors, close up. lawyers, policemen You got me through it That's right Um he has it all, says right now. his great yeah. job and a family. And uh, at the top of the mountain is room for everybody. That's right. And we get to the addendum. No. <laughs> We're not over yet, folks. Almost there. I uh, will say,
1: I'm going to be honest with you here. When I read the addendum, it was the first time in this entire book where I actually got, a, as a Kiss fan, I actually got a little emotional because I thought – if this book was written the way this addendum was written, I thought the book would have been amazing. The way that he poured out his heart about his love for Gene, I thought was so well-written and so honest. Yeah. And I, and, I, I, and I honestly don't know if I've ever heard him speak of Gene like this ever before. It's usually tongue-in-cheek, kind of a little bit of humor,
0: but here mm-hmm. – you know, go ahead. I know you have some notes, so go ahead. So, Gene, he talks about Gene flew to see him when he had his ear operated on, despite Gene's fear of flying. When he had his divorce, he let Paul live with him. Um, he threw him a surprise super uh, birthday party when he turned 61. I don't get that. Why would he I throw him a surprise birthday at 61? Like, why would you talk like that's okay? I know. Gene was the first to come into the delivery room when Evan was born. I think that's huge for him. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, in 94, when that earthquake, he talked about in the Dan Rather interview uh, happened, and him and Gene were not talking to each other at that time, really. And he said he called Gene first to see if he was all right. Um, You know, and he can count his real friends on his 10 fingers, and obviously Gene is one of them. Yeah, Tom, I was hoping this book would be stuff like that. Like, all right, we get that you like cooking and, and p- working and out. Painting. I, and Right, right. It's a, you know, you Kiss fans. Talk about, you know, you're I know you talk about your kids and your wife and stuff. Talk more about your relationship with Gene. Talk more about your yeah. relationship with past members. Um, you know, in, uh, this was the one of my favorite parts of the book, if not the favorite. It actually took me by surprise because I thought the book, the the regular
1: part of the book, ended on such a just a corny thing that to see this, it was like a it, it, it was just like a punch in the arm to like a shot in the arm to to hear him really open up. Uh, it was it was it was good to see, you know.
0: Yeah, and then it, you know, then it ends with acknowledgments. Yep, you know, he obviously he, his wife Erin, his kids, the co-author, the agents and publicists, and all that stuff, and then the fans, the people that have been through him. Yep, and um, you know, and it's about the author. Sounds like a Wikipedia page of Paul, and it does talk about man. Paul got some criticism on the Dan Rather interview where he said like he came up with the logo. He didn't. He no, said he, it in the past he he refined it a little. He, re, he, he refined it. it. Yeah, exactly. He let that go, in, the, in this part, he's like, "Oh, he came up with the album covers." He did? No, he did. What, yeah. what album covers?
1: Yeah. So what, I, what, I was just what,
0: like, "What? What does he come up with? What,
1: what, what did he What did he come up with? Crazy nights, where you can see his thong on the back cover."
0: <laughs> and then the the collaborator, uh, Tim Moore. I found yep. this interesting. I wrote it down. Author of "Burn Down the Hoss a book about East German punk rock history. <laughs> what? What the fuck did that have to do and Paul found him. But then I saw that he had collaborated with uh Joe Walsh and uh Duff McKagan on their book, so that's probably how he found him. But I was like, what the fucking obscure thing is that? Which by the way, speaking of Duff McKagan, real quick, if you have not
1: read his book, holy shit, I highly recommend that if you like rock bios, one of the best.
0: Well, this guy helped him on that. Yep. If this yep. guy did a great job there, I wish he would have helped him on this. Like Yeah. Now we are done. It's uh, longer than I anticipated. That happens. That that's okay. But now, overall thoughts. Um,
1: I was really disappointed with it. To be honest, I, I thought it was just a just a collection of cliches and 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 you know, kind of. You know, I hate to use the term psycho babble, but you could see it was a lot of stuff, you know, self reflection that I just thought was real kind of cheesy and corny. Um, I thought uh, one thing I noticed, I thought some of the sections were very repetitive. I yeah. thought there would, I thought there would be a chapter where he would just keep kind of belaboring the point, you know, page after page. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Um, one thing, one thing I, uh, one of my notes I took down is that I, it sound he reminds me of Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld with the serenity now. Like, I feel like, I feel like it just, like, I feel like Paul must be so annoying to sit down and talk with because I feel like you're not going to get anything out of him, any, any true emotion out of him.
0: Everything is so guarded,
1: scripted and guarded and thought out. It, it doesn't seem like there's any real pure emotion
0: there. More, he's more interested in you hearing something that makes you think he's intelligent than being hearing something that he thinks is honest.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And that's what that was disappointing. And that's why I thought some sections, the opening section about his dad, that addendum at the end with Gene, that those sections were sections where he opened up. But when you start getting into the painting and the cooking and just
0: different things you know, and you remember the part in the book where he talked about Kiss has already achieved everything, so they didn't really have to try hard anymore. Yeah. He's already a millionaire times over. Yeah. He's wonderful life. He yeah. loves being on stage. He gets to do anything one. want. So if he wants to write a book, flatter his own ego, think that this stuff is interesting, whether people care or not, knows that Kiss fans are going to buy this anyways, he can do it.
1: Of course, because we bought the book and now we've been talking yeah. about it all night. So right, the, He can know? do it. And we're the people that do it. I'm just. Um, I knew it wasn't going to be face the music part two, but I did not n- think it was going to be this. I really, I did not.
0: really liked
1: face the music. Oh,
0: it's the best kiss book. Um, it's this the best. Is our kiss. first book review. Yeah. Um. Quite honestly, uh, do you have a grade for this?
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I, I honestly, I, I really, I was bored a lot. I was disappointed a lot. I look. Coming from me personally, okay, um, you know we kind of make a good team doing this because not only are we huge Kiss fans, but sometimes we come to things from different but similar angles. Mm-hmm. You have the le- you have the legal background, I have a a psych background, but we still mm-hmm. both can kind of talk about things the same. Mm-hmm. I I I don't like these kinds of books. I think that when I see a self help book in the Barnes and Noble, I think they're a money grab. I think these books are certain people you're going to get out of it. What you want. I think that they're hollow and I don't really think they offer anything. I think Paul knew that as long as he writes a book with Paul Stanley on the cover and a picture of his kiss boots or whatever, it's going to sell. And it did. Um, I'm just disappointed in it. And, you know, I guess I can't really be any more honest than that. I am just not, it's not something that I'm ever going to read again. I would read face the music, a bunch more times i read all the other books a bunch more times i'll never read this one again
0: no um i would probably give this a c minus or a c i think you're being kind um I, and here's why i think it reads easy yeah oh cool. i like that it's short yeah i like that you can zip through this yeah um yeah. i found some stuff interesting i actually like some of the you know, if this works for somebody, I don't mind hearing it. Right? Um Yeah, I don't mind that either. It's just, you know, a lot of this stuff. Uh, you know, not to sound mean to them, like just eye rolling stuff. Like, uh huh. Mm, totally. Yeah. Mm, oh, I should reflect on things that went well for me. Hmm. I should block out negativity. Oh, okay. Sound like oh, fantastic, a towel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it was stuff, very. Like, like really? Oh,
1: okay. Near the end of the book, it got very, very self-indulgent when he started talking about how to cook the pasta and how to prepare the pan. And it's like, Paul, what? You know, it's one thing that you love to cook and you're good at it, and that's great. That's an outlet for you. But you're going you to start getting into details about how to prepare
0: the the penne pasta with the meatball. I mean, come on, dude. You know, enough. And it's just like it's just almost like. Somebody that wants to show somebody that they they're intelligent. Bingo. More than you know, hearing something and sharing something for them to learn.
1: I wrote. And, I actually. Know. I I actually had a similar note written down. Look at me. Look all the shit I can do, and I'm Paul. And I'm Paul Stanley, and I'm a millionaire, and I'm the part of the biggest rock band in the world. But you
0: read my book because this, you can do all this too. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, no, it's. It's just, you know, I, I, I wanted this to be more. It's not. Guys, you know, you're probably better off getting this from the library or borrowing the book from somebody else. You want to zip through it. You'll finish it in a weekend and you'll be thankful you probably didn't purchase it. But I've said this before, Tommy. It's Kiss. Yeah. It's just like Star Wars. Star Wars can do a movie about R2-D2 taking a dump. I'd still (laughs) go out and see it. Me too. Paul and Gene can do a fucking album of them burping the whole fucking album. I'll still run out and buy it. I I know. I'm with you. This book is no different. It's it it goes, you know, what will stand out is if someone says to you, you got uh, you're going away for a month. You can bring five kiss books with you. Are you bringing this one? No. Are you like not even thinking about this book? Not even close. Do you see my point? That's Good. how I want to explain it to Kiss of, fans. Of course. Of course. But are you going to still get it and read it and find and, and pick something up that you, you read that you didn't know or right. you, something that you relate to and makes you happy, that right. you're glad you bought it? Yes. Yeah. So no. that's the, our, our third. I gave it a C minus, Tom. You didn't tell me. What did you think? I'd probably,
1: to be kind because it's Paul and he did talk about some Kiss things, I'd, I'd give it. I'll be kind and give it a C minus, but that's kind. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So, yep. that's backstage pass. Uh for those of you, I hope if you're listening to this while you're driving, you didn't fucking fall asleep and get into the wrong lane. <laughs> um tell us what you think. Tell us if you read it. Tell us what your thoughts are on the book, right? Tell
1: us if tell us if we're wrong, Are we'd be insensitive jerks cuz we didn't sign on with the book.
0: To, you yeah. know, so but before we get into plugs, questions, Tommy. Yeah, let's see. We got a bunch, so we try to keep it to two per week.
1: If we don't get to your question tonight, you will hear from us. Um, I'm sorry, you will hear, um, you know, your question. So, first one, uh, this comes from a really awesome Twitter page. Um, it's called Save Rock and Metal Cool yeah. page. Um, they talk about they cover all kinds of things. Um, about rock music. If you have not fallen them, they are at save rock and metal on Twitter. So they, they picked their question. I picked this one cause it was kind of topical. Why do you think Peter has been
0: so quiet lately? Um, I thought he did a semi retirement show. Okay. I think he, I honestly, I don't think he can play. I don't think he can play at all. I agree. Um, I think, I think, so what's he going to do? Go out there and try to do a new band or tour? He, he's like 70 something. He's the oldest one of them. So he can't perform. Um, I think he, he's going to start getting back in the limelight with. Remember this? He's got something coming up during the Kiss Cruise. Yeah, we um, talked about that. In October, yeah, I think November. he's just going to yeah. keep his name out there, make a little money on some of this Kiss Convention Kiss stuff. I just think he can't perform, so he's been quiet and doesn't need it. And yeah, I could see that. I'm just I'm just interested as to
1: why he no, like no one's even sought him out for an interview. Like, hey, Peter, what do you think of the end of the road tour? Have you been to any shows? Do you think it, like the the. Hey, the Unless he's just like, hey, you know what? I- I'm all done. That part of my life is over. I don't want to talk about it. You know, maybe, I don't know.
0: Maybe maybe he's happy and he's content. Or maybe he's still holding up hope that he, there's a segment for him in the end of the road tour.
1: Or maybe uh, Paul and Gene gave him $100,000 to keep his mouth shut until they surprise everybody with him on stage.
0: Yeah, or paint him <laughs> on a retainer. Say, don't go on fucking Stewart's radio show and bash right.
1: us. Right, 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 right. Right, right. So that yeah. could be it. All right. All right. Uh one more this is from one of our buddy Dave Trippney. He's asked a couple things in the past. This is I, I like this one. If you were Bill a coin, what would you have done differently while you were their manager? This one was
0: This one was easy as soon as I heard it. Blown the band. <laughs> What would I have done differently? Yeah. Now, he was their manager during their prime years. Yeah, obviously, I'm just but, thinking a lot. What would I have done
1: differently? Um, but he was also the manager during those lean years in the late 70s, early 80s.
0: I think I would have made it so that the band members could not get extra players on the on the albums. I think what I would have been like, no, there is mean? no fucking session guy here. Peter uh, Peter's going to play on this. No. Okay. Ace, you Ace is away. He's drunk. We'll wait till he's back up. You're not going to bring in Bob to fucking do this. I think that led them to start getting into the. I don't need to be here. I don't need to work. Ah, oh, they'll fucking get somebody else. Oh, we don't need him. I think that's what took away from the magic. Okay, they kept all the band members. No, we're get you guys in the band together in the studio. You're all fucking doing this. And I think they ne- maybe never broke up. Yeah, I, I uh, kind of close coming from the same angle that you just
1: did. I would have fought tooth and nail like Dawkin to do do not do the solo albums. I know that you guys think that they're going to be good for you. Don't do them. Don't do them. Just stay away. Do something different. Do not do the solo albums. Because I think that was the beginning of the end.
0: Okay, but we wouldn't have had hold me, touch
1: me. (laughs) Exactly. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like I, I love the solo albums. Everybody loves the solo albums, but I think what it led to and I know that they try to defend the solo albums by saying, oh, it kind of like let us burst that bubble and let us go our separate ways. But, yeah, no, I, I no,
0: Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. All right. So, guys, we've had a very lengthy uh, uh, episode and we talked about a lot of stuff. The best part of these episodes are the stuff that we get from you guys, and that is, you know, the text, the text, the uh, tweets, the the comments on Facebook, the emails that we get from you guys talking about what you heard or what you didn't like or what you did like or what you want to discuss more or questions. So the only way to do that is to actually find us and listen to us. First way, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Podomatic. Podchaser, there's plenty of places. Anywhere you can get your um, podcast, you can find us. Um, obviously, we ask that you interact with us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, email us. We got a lot of emails this week, Tom. Email us yeah. out at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutitoutloudcast, gmail.com. Ask us questions. And then go on those. Um, go on and, and give us one of those five star child reviews. So people can find our podcast. We love it. And, you know, and tell us who you are and why you love us. Hopefully you love us and you don't hate us. Um, <laughs> it, it's very, it, you know, it, it, makes our day and it's uh it's awesome to see. And it gets us fired up to come, keep coming back and giving you guys better and better episodes.
1: Yeah. The, the interaction is really picking up. We love it. I mean, everybody loves, everybody loves talking. kiss talking music in general you know we, we're active on social media we try to do polls or you know we may retweet some stories with with our opinion and try to get you guys involved and jump in um you know it's 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 a good it's a good twitter is the place to be to really let your opinions be heard it's a really good way to interact so keep yep. it going cuz we love it so you know long episode tonight but we had a lot to say about um a very important in uh book that people are talking about so we hope you guys enjoy the analysis and hope you don't, uh, you know, w- want to hear your thoughts about this when you do read the book.
0: All right, guys, Tommy, last words. I wanted to try
1: to find something topical. So I've been counted out. I've had fear and doubt. I've been starry eyed, never satisfied because late at night. I need you just the same.
0: Love that. Love that song. And for me, um, because it's Paul's book, and this reminds me of more of Paul now and he, where he's at. I've got streaks in my hair. People point at me and stare. If they ask me, I say, yeah, I'm a freak. Good one. Very topical. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. <laughs> Very much for listening. Good night. I'm half asleep. This yep. is one long fucking episode. Um, thank you.
1: Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the uh, extended episode. Peace out, Girl Scout.